Okay. We're recording. This is episode 60. Big milestone. Nice. Six to zero. Yeah. Well done. 40 more to hit 100, which we'll probably do this year. I'm going to refrain from using power tools near my microphone, but I can't make that a guarantee uh, for the rest of this episode. It's just too much fun. So you, you've just moved into a new house and you have this yeah. drill and now you're just fidgeting with it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. It, well, it just happened to be sitting on my desk because I was doing stuff around the office and I, you know, I installed some things and man, I'm just like, man, it's kind of a great fidget toy. There's something very uh, satisfying about hitting the trigger on the, the drill and hearing the little yeah. sound. Maybe um, you could install your microphone so you quit talking to the AirPods. Okay. <laughs> I Here's the issue that I have, Robert. I don't have anything to mount the microphone stand to. Everything in my office, my desk, my drawers they're too thick for like the oh yeah the mount you know because yeah, the mount can yeah. only probably accept two inches tall and everything is just too chunky to be mounted and so that's my problem otherwise i would have had i would have had it set up right away but <clears throat> Igor, didn't you send me if, didn't you give happen. me one of those weighted is that you robert yeah I, th- I think it's at the office oh yeah i gave you i gave you the weighted one, but Igor has the same one that ah, okay. Yeah. He loaned me with a USB mic so I could record some stuff from our office and then it's mm. it's still up there. I see. Yeah. This won't be a problem when we get the studio going. <laughs> yeah, when is that? Is that is that twenty twenty two? That's true. We can, we can get started on that this year, I feel like. We have all the equipment we need. Yeah, we just need a space. Igor, you just got a new house. Just make sure that there's a little studio space. Yeah, man. And, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. I, I've got the garage, man. You know, I'm only I'm only putting one car in there, and so half the garage is reserved for some sort of shop uh, space. And uh, I'm sure we can put some acoustic paneling uh, and stuff around. There so you go. Like Ooh. Gar- garages usually don't have windows, but it actually has a, a nice little window looking out of it. Awesome. So. We're set. We'll be right over. Maybe that's our, at least we can use that as a temporary space. Yeah, and, and uh, it's not very close for Robert, but I think Charles, you and I were only like probably like ten minutes apart. Yeah. yeah. So, nice. Oh, we'll yeah, because you moved in proximity to how much you liked us. I think I remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the correct. house next to me was for sale for a long time. I I technically moved like half an hour towards both of you. Okay, you know, we'll so. take it. We'll take it. Yeah, you're just relatively still far away, Robert. S- speaking of far away, the end of this chapter is, I don't know how many... <laughs> I don't know how many parts to this chapter we're going to have, but we are on part three of chapter two. Yeah. And uh, it's one-on-ones that we decided to talk about. This yeah. Time, right? Yeah. Pretty excited. We, we're over halfway through yeah. though. So we, we may be able to round it up today, but still in the chapter of Trillion Dollar Coach, which is a great book about the leadership styles of Bill Campbell. The, ch- the title is Your Title Makes You a Manager, Your People Make You a Leader. So we've had some really good discussions up until now around peer relationships building trust with the team. Charles had a great quote around gaining or losing share within interactions. Bill Campbell says your people affirm whether or not you're a leader, you don't affirm that. And so we are just going in order through the chapter and trying to distill the nuggets of wisdom here and chat about them and incorporate them into our own personal professional lives. And yep, today we're on one-on-ones, which we take very seriously. So this, I would say, is an area we have quite a bit of experience in. Uh, And it starts off talking about five words on a whiteboard. So what what did y'all think about this section and how Bill Campbell chose to work one-on-ones with, work individually with uh, these really high-powered executives one-on-one? 
Well, Robert, can you give a little background on, on five words on a whiteboard before we jump into that? Yeah, so it was kind of interesting too. So, you know, Bill Campbell had had an office in Palo Alto. So again, he was executive coach to several of the world's largest technology companies and to the people he coached that they talk a little bit about the differences of Bill's style are Eric Schmidt, who was CEO of Google at the time, and then Jonathan Rosenberg, who was also an executive at Google. And the, the one of the interesting things is Bill made them come to his office. <laughs> which is is kind of crazy if you think about you know forcing the CEO of Google to come to you it's kind of interesting but when they walked in uh, to the room so for Eric uh, Bill would have five words written on a whiteboard and those are the top five items that they were to talk about that day for Jonathan though the there were still the five words but Bill did not write them on the whiteboard. Bill asked Jonathan for his five topics. And it was kind of really interesting, like very subtle stylistic change. So we talk a lot about adapting your coaching style to the needs of the person being coached, right? Not to your preferences. And, you know, Eric at the time had run companies before. Eric was brought into Google to be the adult in the room. Bill didn't need to figure out with Eric if he was thinking about the right things. Eric was already thinking about the right things. And so, Bill put his five on to help anchor and direct the discussion. But for Jonathan, who's a little bit more junior, Bill wanted to, one to not have Jonathan just come in and agree with what was on the board, but wanted to see what Jonathan was thinking about and what his thought process was and and kind of use that as part of the coaching. And so it was kind of interesting, subtle discrepancy where the five topic items for the discussion remain the same, but how they came about settling on those items were were different for different people. Yeah. And I think I think that, you know, just that part of the method just talks to the intentionality that's put behind successful one-on-ones because, you know, Bill and whoever he was having his one-on-ones with couldn't just show up, you know, like they, someone on some part of the equation had to have given thought to those five things before the one-on-one started. And so I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. And he took a lot of, Bill spent a lot of time preparing for those meetings. So if you sort of continue that idea through around the most important thing a manager does is to help people be more effective and to grow and develop, one-on-ones is one of the most powerful ways to do that. And so Bill took that very seriously. And it, it's also nice to know that you walk in, there's a couple items on the agenda that are pre-thought out, it it also shows that you're thinking deeply about the other person's development and, and growth and well-being. Yeah, I, I like so, the, Robert. Oh, go ahead, Charles. Yeah, Igor, I was just going to say I, I like the simplicity of the advice here. You know, have a structure to your one-on-ones, whether it's five words or I know we've talked about. I think manager tools one-on-one structure works really great too. Probably doesn't matter as long as you've got it. I think the piece that stands out to me, though, is taking that time to prepare. And I, I was going to ask you all, what does that look like for you? Like, how much time, you know, do do you take to prepare for one-on-ones? And for me, I don't know. I, I think it depends on the person. In some in some relationships, one-on-one, you know, I feel like I adapt more to the 
to the style in terms of how formal or informal we are. But I always have something. And, and sometimes it's, hey, right before I go into the meeting, I'm thinking about what I want to talk about. Very rarely, though, and maybe this is shame on me, I don't know if I plan this out a week in advance, for example. And I don't think it says anything in here about what Bill did to prepare. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I really do wonder, you know, like how much time and what did that look like for for Bill to prepare for each of these one-on-ones that he had every week? Good questions. I, I was actually had forgotten to bring this up, so I'm, I'm glad you asked. Historically, I prepared for one-on-ones very poorly. Really, to said differently, not at all. I would take notes occasionally, and so I would sometimes have the presence of mind to, and usually written down in my notebook, because I, I don't like to have technology, you know, sort of between me and the person I'm talking to. And so if I had enough foresight, I would flip to the page, but it was it was pretty ad hoc, and I would constantly sort of need to be reminded of what we talked about, and it was not super effective. What I do now, though, is I use an app called Fellow. It's very good, and it's free for up to 10 people. And so, um, actually, I'm going to pull up the app right now, but you put your team in, and it integrates with your calendar. And so it, it knows, the app knows when you're having like a one-on-one meeting with a person that's on your team because their email, they register as well, their email address is in there. And there's an agenda card that gets created each time you meet. And you can put talking points there and action items. And then there's a notepad. And then an area for private notes that the person that, like no one else sees but you. And they can pop up every time. There's suggested topics. There's feedback. There's priorities. And so you can actually really get a lot of documentation in this tool but the, the best part is the fleeting thoughts you have in the moment. Look, we need to talk about extensions. That came up in, an, in a completely separate meeting this morning. I had fellow open already. I just clicked on each person, added a talking point bullet to talk about extensions. And now I don't have to think about it anymore. But also, the person that I'm meeting with can, has access to fellow as well. They can add stuff. And so I'll see things pop up that someone on my team added, and then we know to talk about it. And so that's been a really nice boost because what I was relying on before is essentially, I'm going to use this time to build a relationship with you and we're going to roughly cover everything we need to because if it's actionable or like really important, then it'll get triaged or, or whatever. So just you meeting with your team every week, like good things are going to happen almost by default. But you can be you can add layers of effectiveness to those discussions. And I think a lot of that effectiveness is understanding that the one-on-ones are compounding growth over time. Like no one-on-one is going to be life-changing and dramatic and move everybody forward three feet. It's a bunch of little incremental shifts forward. And so if you can be more effective on each one, the compounding effect has a much better, longer range. And so that's been good for me. I don't know what I'm going to do, though, when we're sort of back in person, because I like the app. Maybe I'll have it on, on my phone or pr- put it up on the projector. I, just, I, don't, I, I wouldn't want to have the laptop up while we're talking. So that's, that's got to be something that I'll solve. But Fellow's been a good, good sort of addition to my, my one-on-one repertoire. Is that like a real-time collaboration tool where you can both have it up and see each other type, or is it, is it not real-time? I don't know that I can see you typing. Mm. But if you added a bullet, I would see the bullet right away. Mm-hmm. And then like, as soon as you update it, like I see it. 
So it's it's about it's it's very close to real time. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. I never heard about that. But that's the because I'm not wired to be sort of detail oriented and formal, and so this adds just enough. And I, and you have the historical context there as well, so I can scroll through. Or if we don't talk about you talk about a a, a topic and then you check it off, and when the new card gets created, like it forward carries stuff through. I can assign stuff to me or to you within the scope of the meeting. So it's it's really nice. It kind of stays out of your way. Uh, so it's not like a formal performance management system. It's it's really meant to be to to help with effective meetings. And and so it it has I would say given me a step function increase in my one-on-one effectiveness. And so if you can bring the coaching in and the relationship building in as well, but you're actually kind of carrying that progress forward. I think that's a that's a good recipe for success. Thanks for sharing, Robert. Can I, Igor? I know you're going to say something. Can I share something that I got over the weekend that's kind of related? Robert, you you were talking about how these one on ones are cumulative or they compound, you know, week over week. So that that's what made me think about this. So my birthday was last week, and I got a letter in the mail from a person who I had weekly one-on-ones with for quite some time, like a good portion of maybe a year. And uh, yeah, I, I do a lot of thought leadership coaching in our company. And this was, this was somebody who was, uh, who was part of that. And they just wrote me a really nice happy birthday card. And, uh, and they mentioned how appreciative they were about those weekly one-on-ones. I mean, they don't call them one-on-ones, but they highlight a lot of things that I think I've learned along the way, maybe through role modeling, you know, my my team leads or my mentors and things like that. Maybe manager tools. Certainly, it, it some of this stuff resonates with uh, what we're talking about here. But uh, you know, I'll read a couple of things. And just just to make sure I understood you, this is someone that you coached. Yeah, somebody I coached okay. who's no longer with so, with okay. the firm, who was just reflecting back on and saying, you know what, I learned a ton. And they they listed out a couple of things. That's great. Hey, yeah, let's hear. It. Yeah, hey, we, we didn't just talk about work, you know, and and because of that, like the lessons and ideas that you gave me have made me more well rounded and thoughtful, even in my own personal life, and in regards to well being, which you know we've talked about here. So that's a big part of you know what I think about, and uh, I always had a nice gentle reminder that we're all human beings. And uh, that it's okay to get stressed and overwhelmed. I don't know. This was a really meaningful, thoughtful thing that was just, it was a phenomenal birthday gift. And uh, I'm certainly not sharing to say, hey, look at me, I'm a great coach. But it, when you talked about that these things compound, it totally hit me that that's, that's what this was. You know, it's not like I had one conversation that changed, you know, the way that this person thought about, you know, well-being or thought leadership it was the cumulative effect of these weekly conversations that, you know, created the environment where, you know, learning took place and uh, insights were made on both sides. You know, that that's the that's a great thing. I don't know if they talk about this in in the book or in this chapter, but I learned a lot from this person too. You know, it, this is not like me imparting wisdom one way. There's a lot of bi-directional learning happening. And I, I bet Bill would agree with that, even though it doesn't talk about that explicitly in the in the in the book here. 
but anyway, that I don't know. I'm just really touched, and I'm I'm glad I have this, and I want to keep this up close to me as a reminder that you know these one on ones, even if an individual one on one seems inconsequential, they they add up, right? And they mean a lot. They mean a lot to the other person, and uh, it's it's how we it's how we make an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. That's great. The incremental progress made over a year. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're not in the business of curing cancer, right? So we're not going to have this like amazing breakthrough with people on our teams. Yeah, it's it's going to be through these I would say primarily through these one-on-ones where the impact that we want to make on other people is is really is really done. Yeah. Well, and how much of our day-to-day when we're interacting with other people whether it's peers, directs, bosses, clients, customers, whatever, the relationship or the, the interaction is transactional. Mm-hmm. And so I I like the nugget in there around, we didn't just talk about work. We've talked about this hundreds of times, I'm sure. The integration between work and life is, there's a lot of overlap there. Mm-hmm. And so by helping someone realize their potential at work, you are affecting them personally. And by bringing in the personal into work in an appropriate way, you're keeping the tr- the conversation, the interaction from being transactional. Hmm. And so you have to you have to kind of have both of those angles. And when you do that over time in a balanced way, again, if we're talking about recipes for success, you know, if you're if you're meeting with your team regularly and you're talking about work and you're leaving room open for personal discussions, that's great. Like good things are going to happen. Yeah because you're investing in positive things. Here, though, we've talked about some ways to ratchet up the effectiveness of those one-on-ones through preparation, right? You'll get a tenfold increase on effectiveness with for every minute that you spend preparing, right? And it doesn't take a ton of time. I mean, Bill Campbell, I'm sure, was very busy. He found the time to do this, and then he had great results from it. And so these little tweaks as a leader will increase your chances of impacting someone's life in the way that you just talked about here where they think about you on your birthday and, and send you a and send you a nice note so that's that's really cool yeah thanks for letting me share that yeah man thanks for sharing that's i'm thrilled like what a what a great thing to have happen yeah i'm mean, such a huge energy boost you know i mean it just gives me like a kick in the pants to just keep going you know even though it's it gets hard sometimes and and you don't necessarily see the the progress or the or get the feedback that that things are helpful or going you know well in your coaching relationships and so it's it's just it's just really nice to get a thank you like this and an acknowledgement every now and then the guidance in the book have a structure for your one-on-ones the manager tools one that we recommended before or referenced to before they kind of have it split up into 10 minute chunks a 30 minute meeting so 10 minutes for Whatever the direct wants to talk about, you always let the other person go first. 10 minutes for you, mostly to talk about project stuff. 10 minutes for coaching. If there's no specific coaching thing that you're working on, you can go 15-15. They have some great podcasts on it. So if you just did what they said, you'll be great. If you meet regularly, though, and you talk about careers like we said, you're going to have success there. It's just a matter of how much. So take some time to prepare is what they say also. The the book says, and we agree, one-on-ones are the best way to help people be more effective and to grow. And then 
in your framework, in your preparation, there should be personal sort of stuff, room for personal stuff. You don't have to force that, right? Some people that you work with will just be more interested in the projects and getting things done or where they're at in their their career or if it's a busy time. So it doesn't have to be that way, but there needs to be room for the uh, the personal side. And then the book has some really good sort of framework ideas for performance sort of on-job requirements. So sales figures, delivery milestones, product quality feedback, budget numbers, how your relationships with your peer groups are going. That's one thing we talked about last time that gets ignored. It's sort of on the back burner or not considered at all, but how are you doing with your peer group? Management leadership, so coaching, guiding your people. Are you giving proper feedback to folks that are underperforming, who's working hard, who needs more opportunity? And then there's a slot for innovation, best practices. So how are you moving ahead, thinking about how to get better? Are you evaluating new technologies, new products, new practices? How are you measuring yourself? Those kind of things. And so there's a pretty canned list of questions. Like I said before, Fellow has some baked in there as well. There's one suggested topic. How do you feel about your current day-to-day work? It's not a mind-blowing question there, but it's one that you might want to wield occasionally in the right moment, right? And so you can refresh those. And so there's lots of questions, having sort of a quiver of predefined questions that you ask from time to time could could be helpful as well. That way you're not caught flat-footed. But yeah, I think those are hopefully some thoughts and ideas that will help you have more effective one-on-ones. Igor, any thoughts there? Uh, yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I think is important is this idea of also, you know, conforming to like the other person's style. And so I know for some of the one-on-ones that I do, I, when I start my series, I usually ask the person, you know, what they would prefer. Would they prefer the one-on-ones to be more conversational? Would they prefer to be more structured? You know, and I, and I give them sort of like templates, like in a, in a buffet. And then I just tend to sort of stick to what they chose. And every once in a while, I'll ask, hey, do you want to sort of change this up? Or is any of this not working for you? And so on. So I, I think that that part's important is, you know, make sure that, you know, the one the person that you're having a one on one with, they're sort of getting the most out of out of the conversations that you're having. But also remember that, you know, the and you mentioned both mentioned this, you know, one of the biggest parts of the one on one is not just sort of you know, the functional things. It's it's like the relationship and the connection. My my thoughts on one on ones there. Awesome. You know, I think that's that would be an interesting thing to to know is okay, how long on average were these coaching relationships that Bill had? Now, it probably went on for years. And did he change the approach at all? Because I was thinking about this, Igor, as you were talking. You know, how how do you start up? coaching relationship and you, and you really do kind of have to you know b- open the kimono on both sides and and kind of figure out a way of working that's going to that's going to fit people's styles and preferences. I remember when I started working with a third party executive coach they they had a little survey I guess that asked, "Hey, what kind of coach do you want? <laughs> do you want like a physical trainer who's going to yell at you and push you and help you get stronger and healthier faster or or do you need like the light and gentle touch? And, you know, that's, I don't think I bring that level of structure to figuring out, you know, for each of the people that I have one-on-ones with, what's the right style. But it is just, it does point to the importance of, you know, like you said, just 
discussing up front, setting expectations, trying it out, and then checking in to see if things need to change or adjust, you know, based on life situation and, you know, work situation and somebody had a bad day. Today's not a good day to have a one-on-one. Maybe we should just reschedule and talk some other time so you can go take care of your kids that are at home because of the the snow, you know, for example. So I like that, Igor. And I, I learned that the hard way because, you know, I just started one-on-ones and I would just sort of do them how I, how I felt like doing them, usually conversational. And I almost always start out my one-on-ones with the same phrase and it's, you know, how are you feeling today? You know, and it's, it's, and that phrase is not just there as a hello or anything like that. I really do want to know how they're feeling, you know, to the extent that anybody wants to share that. But it was usually a conversation. And over time, you know, we we're doing these in person. So this is when I, my style more is I, I noticed that some of my conversations just seem more comfortable than others. And then, so for the folks that were uncomfortable, I started asking them, you know, not, Hey, why are you uncomfortable during our one-on-ones? But I just started sort of poking around the edges of, you know, are you getting what you need out of these? And I want to make sure that, you know, can, is, is this something that you need more structure for? Would you like to sort of have some topics ahead of time? And so that's kind of what I meant by, by a buffet. But for, for the longest time, I just kind of did what felt most natural. <laughs> and I just noticed that with about half the people that I was having conversations with, it was just not working for them. You know, and if it's not working for them, then it's not working for me and I need to change the way that I do it. And and it's not comfortable for me, right? Like it's, uh, I'd rather just come in, you know, conversation guns blazing, but I have to, you know, remind myself to be humble and hey, this is part of your job. And it's not, you know, just because it's, you know, efficient and easy and fun for you like this. It needs to be efficient, easy and fun for your team, first of all. And because everyone is different, then you need to approach them differently. And not everybody's going to resonate with your, you know, sort of default style, whatever it is. And you can't expect your team to adapt to you because, you know, you're the leader and, you know, you're the one that should have the maturity to, to adapt. But it, it took, it took me a while of sort of sensing discomfort and wanting to resolve that, that friction, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I had a similar bout of feedback where I, I just like to talk about forward-looking stuff, career stuff. I'm actually not that interested in the day-to-day delivery, and uh, even though I, I need to be. And so I, some feedback I got early on was like, that's nice to talk about where my career is going, but not every single time. You know, so there's there's probably something you're like a tendency that you have based on how you're wired or what you value in your own career that you're projecting out a little bit more onto onto the people you're having one-on-ones with. So it's good to, good to have that check-in from time to time. I like that you you sort of sensed that some were easier than others. Yeah, and I, you know, I think what was interesting too is the people that sort of had the more uneasy one-on-ones, the, the personal side of the relationship was lagging, right? And as we transitioned to a method that was easier for them, the personal side... Uh, showed showed marked improvements, you know, and so <laughs> I think sh- like showing that adaptability just shows the other person that you care about, you know, their experience, and it helped them, you know, build trust and, and open up more, and so it had it had really good good benefits in in that regard. Yeah, great. Well, I think we're at another good natural stopping point. So, do y'all want to try to 
end here and then we'll wrap up the chapter next time. I think I'm good with that. Yeah. What's the, I, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. What's next time. Yeah. So decision-making as a leader, which I'm excited to talk about because I think we've all worked for people who avoided, feared, didn't like making decisions and that made the lives of everyone that worked for them harder. And so definitely as a leader, your job is to, to break ties. And so there, uh, and like everything here, there's a balance between giving your team autonomy and freedom to figure things out and make decisions on their own. But then at some point as a leader, you, you have to, you have to get involved. And so what does that look like? Managing difficult people and then some maybe closing thoughts on fun, humor, bringing play into situations, stuff like that. So I think we can hit those three topics on the next one. Famous last words. I, I think we can try. If that's what we want <laughs> well, to do, then I think we too. should. But yeah, yeah this whole making have... based on first principles, I I love that. I, I'm really looking forward to talking to y'all oh, about that. Oh, did I miss that one? Well, no, that's the decision-making one that you talked about. You know, uh, the, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, breaking ties and, and first principles. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Cool. That could be an episode on its own. So yeah, mm-hmm. who knows when we're going to finish the chapter two series. There's no Maybe rush. we should just title yeah. them something different. Yeah, we could. Yeah. So we're not on like part 60. We should enjoy but the I, ride, you know? Yeah, I don't mind Maybe that either. Right. I mean, I, this is, I'm glad we've kind of let the foot off the accelerator on this chapter because it is so dense and there's a lot here. And I think we're extracting maximum value from it for sure. Yeah, I agree. Okay, cool. Well, we'll keep going. It was great talking to y'all. Yeah. Y'all take care. We'll see y'all later this week, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good one. Yep. Oh, it's fun. Bye. Bye, guys.